Hey there. Ever wonder what happens to all those amazing screenplays that never make it to the big screen? Wonder no more. Welcome to Table Read Podcast, where we bring those undiscovered gems to life. Picture this. Talented actors giving incredible performances with the occasional laugh or blooper thrown in, produced by award-winning pros. From drama to comedy, TV pilots to feature films, there's something for everyone. And guess what? We release new episodes every week, so don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Table Read Podcast, where great stories finally get their chance to shine. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey, kitty cats. It's Malls, episode 134 of Please Advise. Welcome to it. I brought back one of my favorite people today to join us to talk about all your problems and stuff. Her name's Stacy Jones. Stacy, hi. Hi. How are you, honey? I'm good. I'm happy it's Saturday. What's new? Um, that's a loaded question. I know. You've had some stuff neg going on. You've also yeah. had some positive stuff. Yeah, but I also think uh, more broadly, you know, I feel like I'm kind of waking up to like a fucking dumpster fire every morning, you know? I know. And like that's the unbelievable part of this this whole like world right now is that like there's no like reprieve from it. Like there's never like a little like break in the day or like it it gets better for like a few days and then it just sucks all the time every day it does i also had this really bad dream probably four or five months before the election that hillary clinton lost to donald trump and it really bothered me at the time and i woke up and i remember i was so upset and now i'm just living in this reality what do you think's gonna happen I have no idea. I feel like all of my good guesses have gone out the window. I legitimately have no fucking clue. I really because don't. if there was go, I mean, there's already grounds for impeachment already, like several times over, right? I think so. I don't know. Everything that I read is basically saying that there are the president can basically do whatever he or she wants. That's right. a huge part of the problem. Right. But I think that there are investigations happening right now that will, you know, pull the veil off of what's been really going down. There's too, there's too much bad stuff for there not to be some kind of, you know, throwdown. So that's what I'm hopeful for. And that it will take as long as possible so that Mike Pence does not become our president. I'm really getting political right now. But this is why I've had, like, this dark cloud following me for the last, like, How long is it now? Seven months? Six months? Yeah. No, I think that that's very relatable. And I definitely started – I got to a point where I was like, if things don't get better for me personally soon, like, I can't get out of bed. Like, I was so depressed at the beginning of this year. And I don't know how it's gotten better. Maybe in a sick way I've gotten a little bit used to it. Just like, okay, like, today I have to either avoid Twitter or accept what I see on Twitter. And I still do want to, like, you know, I want to – see my friends jokes and I do want to know what's going on in the world. And I do want to take that Buzzfeed quiz. Like when I take those 10 minutes to look at Twitter, like every couple of hours and um, you know, I've definitely like deleted a lot of apps too, because I'm like, I don't want to know like, and that will, it'll send me spiraling some days and I just can't get any work done, 
Because, you know, when you're like fixated on something, all of a sudden it's just like, well, I could do my work or I could just spiral out over this. And that temptation exists all the time, whether it be uh, the news or just I'm sure there's people listening to this right now who like check their ex's Facebook the same way that like we're, you know what I mean? <laughs> A little too real. A little like, too real. <laughs> yeah. Like I could I could work right now or I could just hurt myself. I'm going to emotionally cut and check my ex's Facebook. Um, but. Dude, like, I did feel it, it lift a little bit, and I don't know if it's that the weather's gotten better, it's that maybe more of my house is done now, so I feel a little bit more... Grounded. Grounded. Wait, what What did you ask me when you showed up? You said, are you deep? What did you say? Are you Poshmark? What did you say? Are you Poshmarking? Are you Poshing? Are is you that why I have... Because of these stacks of clothes? Yeah, man. Okay, so those three bags out there are going to Crossroads. And then I just donate whatever is what they don't buy. Um, and that right there is my pile of uh, striped clothing that are options for a Taylor Swift party tonight. Sweet. I mean, look, as terrible as the world is, <laughs> there's still gay men throwing Taylor Swift parties <laughs> that require a very strict uniform. Um, my best friend Ed has a really good friend and uh, who's actually a husband of another friend of ours. And he's having a Taylor Swift themed birthday tonight. And I got a call from Ed yesterday who, um, for those of you out there who don't know, welcome to the show. Ed is my best friend. I talk about him like everyone should know him. Like he's a celebrity. He's my best friend, best friend of 11 or 12 years. Christine is my other best friend. Oh, it's just going to say he was a guest a couple yeah. episodes ago. Welcome to the show. Um, so he, uh, he like starts messaging me. First of all, Whenever I'm Ed's plus one and I I can tell I'm his true plus one, like he's not like he's not bringing like his other best friend or anything like that. Like I get a text being like, are, uh, get ready for this party. Are you excited? And it's like, it's not even like, are you excited? It's like, are you excited? And it's like, OK, yeah, I'm fucking excited. Like, I'll see I'm, I'll go to the party with you. OK, fine. Um, so then yesterday I get a text from him being like, OK, so I have some outfit ideas for you. And I was like, uh, OK. And um, he sends me, you know, Taylor was doing that like small crop top. Then like you see the, her ribs and then it's a high waisted skirt. Yeah. He sends me a series of her in those outfits and he goes, I think you should wear something like this. And I'm like, first of all, I don't have a matching two piece outfit like that. Secondly, I have fat ribs. Like I've, I've, I'm a skinny person in that I have no muscle, but my entire body is made largely of fat. So I can't wear like a crop top because I'd have, even on my ribs, there'd be like a weird bulge and be like, well, oh, that, that poor girl, like no one told her not to like come out like that. <laughs> um, and then he also asked to wear the heart-shaped sunglasses I'm wearing right now, which kind of made me upset because uh, it's like Blair, who's our next guest, her boyfriend bought her a pair of pierced earrings for their anniversary, and they've been together for like 12 years. Blair like notably does not have pierced, pierced ears. ears. Everything else on her body is pierced but her ears. So um, she like threw them in the trash. Like she was so mad. My grandfather did the same thing to my grandmother. So when Ed was like, can I borrow your heart-shaped sunglasses? I was like, how do you not know that I'm blind as a fucking bat and everything I own that goes on these peepers is prescription? Like, yes, these are prescription. Are those are prescription? Yes. Just a note that Molly's actually wearing these right now. Yeah. I ha I'm very blind. Oh, these actually kind of help. They but I'm do? wearing contacts. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I'm, how often do you get your uh, prescription updated? Every year. 
Okay. See, that's the that's the problem. But only for my contacts, not for my glasses. So I've been like yelling at lens crafters in my head lately because they text me every year to say like you like your prescription is like are you ready to like have your prescription renewed? And I'm like, nah, bitch. Like I will see you in three years when the law requires it of me because I am not going to take all of my glasses and like have them refilled or like sometimes be using glasses that are of the right prescription. And every time you go in, your eyes do. They get increasingly worse year by year. And especially when you get them used to a new prescription, like clockwork, they're almost worse. So I'm going in once every three years. I, I can't do every year. It's too I, expensive. I also, I don't care to know. Like, I, you know what? <laughs> so what if I'm blind? What I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Like, I'm happy. Why do I need to, why do I need to see things? So anyway, what you're looking at right here is a pile of striped tops, various Americana theme type things, because while I can't wear a crop top, I do have a lot of Taylor-esque things. The most hilarious thing Ed said to me last night was he's like, you're just going to be like the best Taylor at the party because your hair is blonde and you and Taylor, like you're going to have the body closest to Taylor. And I was like, well, okay, what? More, please. What's your theory? And he's like, you just have really long legs. You do have really long legs. And I'm like, okay, that's it, though. I was like, I don't have that long model torso that she has where she can just, like, wear a potato sack. I don't know. Yeah, I can't. I don't even want to talk about shopping for clothes right now because it's too depressing. Why? But just for anybody. Okay, I have to caveat this. NPR reran or uh, not NPR. It is it ran on NPR, but uh, This American Life uh, reran an episode this last week. It's like thank you for knowing that that is not an NPR show. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> This American Life, uh, American Public Media, right? No, no, uh, it it's its they own switched, thing now, right? Yeah, it used to be out of WBEZ Chicago. And oh, and now, it's not out of WBEZ anymore. No, I'm so used to hearing they Iris went voice independent. Say that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, nice, good for them. Man. Yeah, well, little I'm, public radio stuff for you guys. Let's say I'm a supporter, but anyway, so they reran this episode last week called "Tell Me I'm Fat." I think that's. Oh, I listened to that. I first of all, I listened to it when it first ran, and then I listened to it yesterday, dude. Yes. Okay. Keep going. It's so I have definitely in my like later adult life, like suffered from like pretty, pretty disturbing body dysmorphia. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, and literally. I don't think living in LA has helped with that at no. all. Um, but listening to it, it was really, it was eye opening and humbling and just a completely different way of thinking about obesity in America yeah. and identity and, I just – it's been on my mind a lot this week. And so I'm really trying to not – I'm trying to, like, catch myself when I find myself being like, I don't want to shop for clothes because I'm so fat. Like, Oh, no. right. Like, it's not fucking appropriate, you know? Well, you know, it's – okay, two things to say to that is, one, we – Emotionally Broken Psychos. This is a little premature, but I'll say it here. Our next podcast that we're spinning off is with my friend who had gastric bypass, and it's going to be all about basically – Every episode is going to have a different category that affects people, like trigger foods, genes. Oh, you told me about this. Suits. Yeah, it's going to so be so good. I'm really excited about that because I think that this is a, this is a conversation that comes up a lot on our regular message board where people are like, I've even gone in and said, like, guys, I've been crash dieting for two weeks because I need to fit into this outfit for this thing. Normally, I don't do – I mean, I used to be super – Anna, like not eat and um and be like proud of myself for it. I'd be like three days, no food, and I'm still awake. I'm killing it. Um, so proud of myself, which is the sickest part of the disease. Um, but yeah, like uh I started to go in and we noticed that all, all, basically the main thing that really bothers people outside of being like, 
oh my God, like my friend keeps trying to bring me in on this multi-level marketing scheme or whatever. The number one thing that's personal to people's lives that comes up in the message board is always weight. Like I gained like 10 pounds or like I'm underweight right now or whatever it is. So weight affects all of us. And I just recently re-listened to that episode too. And one, I think Lindy West is great. So I loved hear. I always love hearing from her. I also think that like it was a very bold example of how she kind of like went at her boss, Dan Savage, and basically wrote him an email that like if 99% of people out there wrote an email to their boss like that, he wouldn't be their boss anymore. Like they would be out of a job. Right. But I would also argue that for whatever reason, obesity is like off the table as like a category for discrimination 100%. in the world that we live in, which is why I love that she called him to the mat on it. You oh, know? I love I mean, I loved it, too. It was like brilliant. And I was just like, you have to be a really strong person to know that not only do you have a right to say that, but you can say it to anyone, including your boss. Um, Roxanne Gay's section of this was great. So um, I've been meaning to ask her if she wants to come on the show, even via phone or something, because we follow each other on Twitter. I think we she likes me. We've DM'd before. I think she's fucking fina- like phenomenal. But then wedged in the middle of those two stories is truly the most bone chilling story I have ever ever heard on public. Well, on something that sounds like public radio. Right. Um, <laughs> And it's about this woman who is Mormon. She was like obese, uh, categorically obese. She lost a ton of weight basically doing um, prescription speed, prescription speed. But it's like it's not Adderall. It's like fentanyl or something like that. It's something called like that. And I don't think it's not legal anymore. But she lost a shit ton of weight doing it. And then. And she, exercising and diet adjustment, but that was definitely a part of it. Like right. it was like the doctor told her when she went in, like, you are going to be on this course of meds and you are going to take this medicine. Yeah. So she loses a shit ton of weight. She has like um surgery to have her skin tucked and everything like that. And then at the end of the story, she she admits that she's still on this drug illegally and that she either drives to Mexico once, like once to get or it. twice a year right. to get it. And she'll do it for like a, you know, three or four month burst, which really when you're trying to just like lose a shit ton of weight, that's all really all you need is like four months of just kind of abusing your body. And then your body will be like conditioned that way because your brain starts to be conditioned that way or something. So she admits at the end of this thing that she's illegally taking speed. Right. And I kind of was like, I can't believe this is so irresponsible that they would air that Uh, like you know, oh, we say plenty of things over but here. But don't you think it's such an important story to hear? And I mean, like, I actually think that by crossing that line, like, what's more important, like, being responsible about it and the fact that she's, like, consuming these drugs illegally or the fact that they had the balls to say, you know, this is real and real people go through this and we're going to talk about it in a public platform. And she works on the show. She's a, yeah. She works on This American Life. I mean, look, it was relatable because I think people do go that far. And I know that, like, I've thought of, like, oh, should I just drive to Mexico and, like, get a shit ton of pills? That would be fun. (laughs) Jennifer Aniston and cake. But then, like, I also am, like, I don't think that I would ever admit that in a public setting where it's, like, kids could be hearing that in the car or, like, whatever. And, like, it's just – it's also – it's telling people, here's how you do what I do. Which I already get in trouble for on this show when I talk about, like, my anorexic days where I was, like, hardcore anorexic and just not eating. People will sometimes call and ask me, like, how I did that. 
And I will say that, and I don't recommend you do it, but when I think about prescription meds in particular and buying prescription meds, driving to Mexico and buying pills is highly illegal. And people do it every day. I know. I mean, we also live in California. Yeah. You know? I I see what you're saying. I mean, that the whole podcast kind of – the whole episode really blew my mind, but I think – I'm like making love to this microphone right now. Um, I – I think the part that bothered me more on an emotional level yeah. was the part where she inter- – this is t- by total spoiler alerts on this, by the way. So, um, But when she, she interviews her husband – I've heard that episode before, yeah. And, um, you know, basically says, like, you wouldn't have loved – you wouldn't love me if I was still fat. Right. And it's so – I mean, you know – I mean, I could cry, like, talking about it right now. I mean, because she talks about how, you know, it's like, oh, we fell in love and I love them as a person. But she talks about how there is this very real element of, like, physical attraction that is involved in any kind of romantic liaison or marriage or relationship or friendship even. And I think that was more kind of devastating to me. It was devastating, but but mostly because I could hear the pain in her voice. Yeah. But the part of it that really kind of turned me off the story was that at a certain point she and her husband wound up fighting about this yeah for days and at a certain point it's like hey stop trying to force a narrative that's never happened like you did not meet your husband overweight there's no way that he could say like affirm like he could affirm that like yes you're right like I would never have dated you fat and that's what she wanted to hear she wanted to hear from him she wanted him to say it yeah and you know what that's not I don't I don't believe in like bullying someone into admitting to a false scenario that's just another layer of like a self-esteem issue it's like well the bottom line is it never happened so like how what is where are we supposed to go from there i just think it's like a sad reality of like obesity in america and i i think that's one of the reasons why i appreciated it so much i just more stories like that need to be told and need to be heard and yeah. i'm like grateful you know regardless of any impropriety that that people are finally in a position to listen to it in a way that maybe they they weren't before I want to take your calls, but Christina, you said you've listened to this episode too. What did you think about it? I, I also like the Lindy West thing. Um, yeah. I, this was years ago, so I can't quite remember the segment that you're talking about. But, I mean, from what I understand about how their production works, like, these things go through several people. Yeah. Like, story editors, you know, producers. Oh, I don't le- think they you know. just, like, slapped it up there that she's buying drugs illegally. Yeah. I mean, but those... The considerations that you were bringing up are things that they do take into consideration, but also for legal, like legal people for these content right. creators are insane. Like the well, things that we are, we're restricted to. There's do. people but, here that are afraid to have a weed card and that that's legal. And then when I think about someone openly admitting that they buy drugs illegally off the Internet, it just it, it it's I, I'm just like it. It just freaks me out. I don't know. It freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but keep going. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what else. It doesn't like it doesn't um weird you out though. I mean, it's it's an honest moment. Like they're having an honest moment, and what you glean from that, or what they might have thought people would have taken away from the story, um, overlooking that element of it. Like, what part of the that was the part of the narrative that you paid most attention to, or? I don't know. I think that because they they ended it and they ended it, it had a bow on it. And then she was like, P.S. 
Like, I still do this, except it's illegal now. And sometimes I drive to Mexico and sometimes I buy the pills online, but they don't work as well. And it just seemed like an unnecessary button on the story. And like, you know, I have admitted plenty of things publicly that are way worse than that. But (laughs) but I also am not working for this American life. And I feel like there's a certain attitude that sh- that is brought to that show that's like it's not necessarily like you're above the law doesn't really come to mind when I think of this American life like above the law it doesn't and so like someone in- admitting to buying pills online freaks me out to hear it on this American life it was shocking maybe I was maybe I was scandalized by it or something and I just am like that's where I live now with that thought but it almost like undercut the rest of the story for me. Really? Because I'm like, oh, you're a drug addict? Like, I'm like, oh, so what you're telling me is that you probably did half of the story on prescription speed. Like, so maybe when you're like verbally bullying your husband in the car into trying to get him to say that he wouldn't have loved you fat, like maybe you're just spinning out because you're on legal speed. Well, I think what's more disturbing to me is like why she needed to feel that way. And she talks about like having journaled before her surgery or before she lost all this weight and after and talking about how she actually was happier and a better person. Yeah. As a fat person. Yeah. So I don't know it. I'm going to be thinking about this a lot more even now. But I I appreciate your perspective. I could see. I mean, I also feel like you know, for whatever reason, there are things about people or stories that bother us because they remind us of things that we've been through ourselves. And I think there's kind of something in there for everyone, kind of regardless of who you are or what your body type is or whatever the case might be. But I just think that the timing of it is so, like, prescient right now or so relevant right now in that we're finally in a position to, like, really hear about it. Like, you know what, maybe I'm not, like, like, I'm not just like fat right now like maybe I'm gonna be fat forever yeah I feel like when we talk about weight in America or when we've talked about things like think pieces it's always coming from a perspective of like I had a lot of weight and I lost and I struggled with that or you know I was anorexic or I was bulimic I would love to hear more and more and more stories from people who are obese and still obese and maybe not okay with it yeah. Because, like, the other alternative to that is always, like, body positive, which right. is so great. That's great that that's a movement. But at the same time, I wish I would hear more about people's struggles of being obese. Honest, and I think yeah. Roxanne Gay is actually releasing a book about this called Hunger that's coming out. Um, but I I wish people understood what the struggle was because I think they would have more sympathy from that if they understood like how awful it is sometimes and how awful people treat you because of your weight. Yeah. And like even little things like looking at a chair and wondering if you're going to fit in the chair yeah. Yeah. and that kind of anxiety oh, that, talks stuff, about that, that stuff yeah. provokes. It's, it's important for people to understand that. And it's kind of like, Oh, you're worried because you gained like five pounds. <laughs> like you don't have to walk through life wondering if you're going to fit inside of a chair yeah. or that you can find clothes that fit you i mean i'm like here that bitching about good. like being like, able to go to you know Madewell or some shit and yeah. be like oh i don't fit into these jeans or they don't fit my butt right or whatever like fuck fuck me fuck you yeah Stace. you know what i mean like it does put it, it puts things in perspective i think but also not fuck you because every this is a challenge that like everyone experiences yeah. no matter where you are on the spectrum and like that's an important thing to keep in mind. And so, you know, it's just it's a, it's about the way we feel about ourselves for sure. Like no matter what what size you are, where you are, there's definitely challenges on different ends of the spectrum. Absolutely. But, yeah. 
everybody has a struggle with self-acceptance. That's what it comes down to, really, is just, like, accept- accepting yourself and dealing with that, regardless of, like, how big you are or how small you are. And by the way, and everyone, every time someone has, like, starts a conversation about weight or body positivity or anything, it's like it's being discussed for the first time. Like, it's always like, did you know there's cultures where that they don't even care what you weigh? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I do know that. Like, and I also know what I'm about to get into with this article because I've read it a million times, but like, it's a constant like reinvention of the wheel that we all are fascinated every single time it comes up. It's like, oh yeah, I think that you just, people forget how they kind of walk through life constantly thinking about their body and the shape of their body and their size. And it's like, it's become subconscious at a certain point. So when someone starts to talk about it, you're like, oh yeah, this is something I deal with every day. Something I only deal with every other Saturday, though, is our calls. Stacey, would you like to take them? I would love to. <laughs> okay. Hi, Molls, Christina, and guests. My name's Izzy. I'm 24, and I'm from London. I currently live with my mother, but I want to move out. So she's um, approaching retirement age, so she doesn't really want to work anymore. So I support the both of us. Um, but I'm actually, like, a really private person and she's kind of she's always at home and always wants to know what's going on and if I'm on the phone she'll be like who are you talking to and if I'm throwing something away she'll go and look at what I've thrown away and if I'm going out she's like where are you going who are you going with what time are you going to be back which is fine but I'm 24 now and it's just a bit like oh I need my own space I'm a really private person um I'm a really introvert person as well so when I come back from work I just kind of want to chill after being around people at work all day and just want to kind of be on my own but she doesn't really let me um I'm also really kind of I'm quite independent um I used to live abroad on my own um I've only just kind of I've moved back to London um in the last two years but before then I was living on my own um but as I'm kind of supporting the both of us do I kind of pull the rug up from under her feet I'm an only child there's no one else who really could support her but at the same time I really 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 need my own space um so do I just kind of suck it up and just say you know she's looked after me for the past 18 years of my life and now it's time to you know now it's kind of payback time or do I move out? Please advise. Thanks, Molly. Appreciate you. Okay. So do you guys want some tea on this this caller? She's my friend from Snapchat. Like, oh. she is my friend from Snapchat. And I, like, love her. She's one of the few people that, like, I do – I video back with her. We video back and forth to each other. And I love her. She's so beautiful. She is, like, so cool. Like, she'll be like, oh, I went on a shit date tonight. But I'm going to – she's like, but I'm going to Ibiza tomorrow. Like, she's so – I, like, I love her voice. She's so cool. She's so pretty. I love that she called about this because I – you know, you start these online Snapchat relationships with people. And this is how I've met so many interesting – I, like, love Snapchat. Christina's, like, dying. Christina, when have I not met all of my friends or people I love through the internet? It's, it's like – It's all it's I do. Yeah. I, I just – I love I love my internet peeps. But, um, no, she's great. And I didn't know that she lived at home with her mom and was only 24. This girl and I have had some deep conversations. She has a very, like – 
sophisticated lady voice for oh my god it sounds like butter it's so fucking sexy i was like can we answer the call back in terrible british accents yeah no i I don't think we can maintain that she looks like naomi campbell too so like she's just like it's just like you're magical like what is going on here she's the best voice and she's always like you know she's going on shitty dates and being like she's just great she's so great so basically like her mom doesn't her mom is She's retiring? She's retiring, yeah. Okay. And so, but you shouldn't have to be taking care of your mom at 24 years old. That is what we, that's what we, I think, I wonder if there's a cultural aspect at play in here. Yeah. I wondered about that too. Yeah. Yeah. This is hard. I mean, women overwhelmingly end up being their parents' caretakers. caretakers. Yeah. Later in life, it sounds like for her, like this is starting very early on and she's the only child like there is no one else to pick up the slack. I relate to that very much. I'm in this situation not dissimilar with my mom right now where she's going through a divorce and it's becoming inevitable to me that, you know, there will be a day that it's on me to really take care of my mom. And, you know, I've encouraged her to do everything she can to get back out there and keep working because my mom's on the younger side. She's only 54 You know, in America, like, if you retire at 65, that's the ideal. But a lot of people keep working into their 70s here. And, um, you know, I kind of just basically put it to my mom like this. I said, I can only take care of you once in my life. And I would prefer to do it when you're older and in a place where, like, you can't go out. Like, you truly need me. Yes, exactly. And um, I will say that, you know, at first it started to come to mind, like, maybe you can just have a sit down with her and be like, mom, like, you know, I'm a little bit older now. I love you. I want to still live with you and take care of you, but I need my privacy and my space. But I also feel like that's trying to teach an old dog a new trick. And she's also your mom. And so my mom and I, like, now when we fight, like, did I have I said this on the show that when she was screaming at me in Las Vegas, we got into a fight in the middle of a casino, or I did something that pissed her off. She just started yelling at me. And I was like, mom, Like, we look like a lesbian couple in an argument. Like, I am too old for you to yell at me in public. Like, you can't – or, like, period. Just don't yell at me. Like, but she's going through a lot, so, like, I excused it. But, like, at a certain point, that dynamic will always exist. But then at another point, it becomes inappropriate. And you're like, dude, like, I'm – I'm the age that I was like, you know, you had a child when you were my age. Like I'm I'm an adult. Like you can't yell at me or I I can I can also walk away. Like when she came here to LA and she was in my house, she yelled at me about something and I said, "Mom, guess what? We're in my house. You can't yell at me in my you, house." You have the option to disengage. Yeah, yeah, I said you can go get a hotel. I said, "But I'm not going to be yelled at in my house. You can yell at me all you want in your hotel room across town. I'm not going to be yelled at." And That's the thing where I feel like you need to start to set up. You need to understand that your mom's not going to change. It's probably going to be to even broach the conversation with her will probably start another fight because it's going to get thrown back in your face that you live with her. And my suggestion to you would be to save your money and find an apartment near or very, very close to your mom, but that you have your own space at the end of the day. You know, it's human nature to want to come home and decompress after work. No one likes the family jumping in your face right when you come home. That was a big rule. And it was hard for me when I'm also the only child of a single parent. So I can relate to this very much in that I 
when I when my mom would come home, I would be like, Mom, hey, like, blah, 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 you know, when I was very young. And she would just be like, Molly, I can't talk to you right now. I need like 40 minutes. And when I was a kid, that like really, really hurt because I was like, but you're the only person in the world I have to talk to. Like, I don't I don't have a brother or a dad I can go talk to. Like, well, what am I supposed to do? But as I've gotten older and kind of realized, first of all, I got used to giving my mom her decompression time because she was more fun for the rest of the evening when she had that space to herself. And two, um, you know, I started to realize I need decompressing She's time. She's setting an example for you, right? I think... It sounds like she didn't have that. No, and I think, too, I mean, this is hard. Also, because I don't know that much about Izzy's, like, relationship with her mom. I'm going to talk, right. talk to you, Izzy, as though I'm speaking to you, like, right here and now. Um, I don't know anything about, like, the history of your relationship with your mom or how you grew up. But I have two thoughts. One, you either cut the cord and move out yeah. and, you know, establish the boundary now because it's not going to get any easier if you wait to establish the boundary. That's my first thought. My second thought is maybe there is, if you feel like it's a deal breaker and you absolutely can't move out, which doesn't sound like is what you want. And I think you really need to prioritize what you want at this time in your life because you may not have the opportunity to do it later. So make it about you now because you can and I believe you should. But maybe there's an arrangement where if you feel like you can't move out or that's not, it's like really weighing on you. Maybe there's some kind of place you could live where, I don't know if your mom owns her place or what the situation is, but maybe you could move into a place where there's like a guest apartment or something with a private entrance or something where you could maintain a physical boundary that might ease some of this. But you're a 24-year-old woman. You've got your shit going on. You don't want to be able to bring people home or have people over. 100%. And I feel like, you know, again, this is the time to to do that. And I'm coming at this from a very American kind of point of view here. But this is the time in your life when you're making decisions that will literally affect you for the rest of your days. So no pressure, but, you know, choose wisely. And I don't know exactly. I don't know what the rental climate is like there. But, like, besides expensive as Fuck, right, yeah. 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 But I imagine that it would be so frustrating to be like – because you know the feeling of like having your bedroom at your house, right? And like when I was 18, that was fine. But like and when I was a child, that was fine. But the idea of being 24 and limited to the confines of a bedroom and the rest of the house belongs to someone else – one just kind of freaks me out, especially thinking about the rest of the outside of that house being my mom's space – um, but, you know, this is the age where, you know, you want to be, like, hooking up with guys and being able to take them back. You don't want to be doing out calls only. Like, you don't want to be, like, taking going to a guy's house every time. You want to have a place where if you do re- develop a relationship, sometimes you can just go kick it at your place. Um, you want to be able to, like, cook a meal for yourself in your own space and start to figure this out. These This age where you're at and the experience of living in your first apartment, first couple apartments anyway here, we – we move from apartment to apartment a lot here, but um, this is like where you kind of figure out how to be a human. Um, is like you know, can I cook by myself? Can I do all my laundry by myself? Can I basically run a mini household by myself? It's an important thing to learn, and I think that as long as you have your mom in the house, it's always going to be that's going to be her her primary job. Right? Yeah, completely. I just, there's something else I wanted to say. And of course, I've completely forgotten it. I'm sure I'll remember at the moment that we move on to the next, the next topic. But it is hard. Again, I don't know anything about your 
you know, relationship with your mom, Izzy, or how that has like played out historically. But, you know, I also always say, and again, I have a brother and a sister that I'm very close with and I love my parents, but I always say there's a reason we don't live with our parents anymore when we're 18. Like in the past, that was because you got married and like moved out of your parents' house. Now it's because, I mean, a lot of people live with their parents' past just because of the economic climate and student loan debt and all of the things that we know plague, you know, people in their 20s and early 30s. But, you know, my parents drive me nuts. I mean, I love them, but I... I think it would be so hard to live with them. And I feel for you, like, you're going to have to weigh the benefits of, like, how much of this can I take with your own happiness? Because at the end of the day, I would venture a guess that your mom would say that her greatest wish for you is for you to be happy, not for you to, you know, take care of her. I mean, maybe that's, like, ancillary or, like, a big number two. Or maybe it is her number one. I don't know. But I'd like to give your mom the benefit of the doubt. She's obviously raised, like, a brilliant human being, you know? Yeah. So, like, giving your mom some some credit here. But, you know, she probably wants you to be happy. And you can't live your life feeling bad about, like, I, you know, moved across the country and moved away from my parents, you know, 21 years ago. Wow. You know, 22 years ago almost. Like, it's a long time. Like, but they, I know they miss me and I miss them, but, you know, ultimately it was what was right for me. So, yeah. I don't know, girl. Do what's right for you, girl. Um, Your mom will ultimately, I think, either way, forgive you in time. If, like, of course, maybe it's her nightmare to think of her kid moving out because she loves you and you're her, like, security blanket human. But, like, I'll, yeah, just either way, she'll get over it. I, I just thinking about being 24 years old and having my mom, like, go through my receipts or something like that. Like, how are you supposed to explore sexually? How are you supposed to find out what you like? Like, I know that in high school, I was terrified of my mom, like, finding a pack of cigarettes or, like, anything like that. Like, you need a space where you can figure out who you are. And when you are constantly running the risk of, like, your mom going through your journal or something like that, that is... I mean, I I don't know how you do it, girl. I really don't. If someone was coming after me reading my receipts, I'd go nuts. Well, and you don't want to, like, further develop any resentment toward her. Because, again, it's not going to get any better. Like, you know, brush your shoulders off and, you know, make a plan. I I do wonder about, like, the cultural connection to this, which is what I was talking about earlier. Because I actually, I had an aunt that was, sort of took on that responsibility with my grandmother. Yeah. And she lived with uh, my grandmother for her her whole Whole life. life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even into adulthood, and there was so much resentment there that yes. she had for my grandmother because I think she didn't get to live her life. She's dead now, too. Um, but she didn't really get to live her life because I think she felt obligated to be there for my grandmother. And um, my grandmother, my grandmother would go through her private stuff, and she yeah. would go through like even when she died, she had these love letters that she had written to somebody, and my grandmother destroyed them because she didn't approve of the relationship. So we never had a chance to give them to the guy. Um, So don't live your life like that. It might be hard to kind of, especially, I don't, again, like I said, I don't know what the cultural implications here are. It's like first generation Brit, second generation Brit. I don't know what's going on. But I can understand it can be difficult to get over that hump. But you have to do what's right for you and your freedom because you don't want to grow up resenting your mother. Exactly. All right, let's take another call. Thank you, Izzy, for calling. I love you, girl. See you on Snappy. Hey, malls and guests. And Christina. Um, so this is kind of complicated, I guess. Not, I don't know. So my my real good friend, see, I moved to a new city 
so we don't live in the same city right now. Um, and she approached me about moving to where I am um, because she has a job. She's a nurse, so she can, like, move wherever the fuck and work, which is super cool. Um, so she approached me about moving down here where I am so she could, you know, just, like, experience a new city, um, get out of our college town because that's where she is right now. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure, totally. Um, of course, like, I mean, I was a little apprehensive, but I was like, sure, let's do it. Well, then she decides, like, literally last minute, like, I put in a notice I was moving out of my place. We were supposed to go look at apartments, um, the weekend before she told me this, and, like, really, like, three days before, she says, actually, I don't want to move. I'm going to be a travel nurse. And I was like, okay, well, I can't hate on someone for, like, living their dream or whatever. So I was like, okay, like, you do you. But also, I feel a little resentment. And I know if I tell her that she'll be like, why don't you want me to do what I want? But also, I'm just kind of like, I don't know. I feel like every time I talk to her, it's like this unspoken thing for me. I think maybe she knows. Um, now also I'd like have to find a new place to live because my apartment's like, no, you gave a notice, like you have to move out. So now I'm like in this situation where I have to find a new apartment um, because she just decided to change her mind, which is, I mean, everyone has a right to do that, I think, but also it's super shitty. Um, yeah, so I don't know if I should bring it up or not or just live with these feelings because, I mean, she can do what she wants. She's an adult, but I don't know. Um, please advise. The only person you should be mad at is yourself. I'm just going to say that. Like, it sucks that your friend bailed on you, but you should be mad. The only person that you should be mad at is you because you jumped the gun for a situation that you didn't even really want anyway. And now when you say, like, I think my friend knows I'm mad, but we haven't, like, talked about it. It's I, I, let, me, let me go ahead and tell you. She knows you're mad. And you're probably being passive aggressive when really the only person you have to be angry at is yourself for giving notice on an apartment building that oddly will not take you back. Like, I can't think of an apartment building unless they've already rented your unit, which usually uh, uh, like you would have to move out and then they spend like two weeks renovating your unit because someone just vacated. And spending a bunch of money doing that. Yeah. And so... Like, but they would be happy to cancel that process, I would imagine, if – so it's weird that, that they won't let you back in the building and you should maybe think about why that is. Um, but, I mean, like, she suddenly like she had dread in her voice just by the idea of her friend moving where she was – where she was. And I thought that that's what the call was going to be about. Was <laughs> yeah, that I me thought too. she was going to say, like, I pulled the trigger – 
on, you know, letting this girl that I'm not really crazy about move to my city. And I just don't want to deal with her in my life all the time. But then to find out that not only do you seemingly have these kind of like wishy-washy feelings about her as a person, but that you agreed to split an apartment with her, that's a leap that I I wasn't expecting. And then furthermore, you know, I'm not surprised your friend backed out because people back out of things in life. I am surprised that you went ahead and gave notice not having another apartment already set up. Like, usually when you rent an apartment, it's you give notice after you found a new place. It's like quitting your job and then like going on a, this long job hunt. No, you like quit your job when you have another job lined up, usually. So uh, what do you think? Okay. I have a little bit of a different take on it because I think a couple of things. First of all, welcome to City Life where you are going to meet lots of people who flake on you yes. all the time. And maybe this is something that's limited to LA. I don't believe that that's true. She's like her old friend from college. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but I just mean like this is a state of being. So it's just good. It's I don't want to say it's good. I know it's a sucky situation for you right now, but – it's conditioning. It's a life lesson. So one hundred percent, you've learned that now. I would also say, you know, as someone who moved, I moved to Los Angeles when I was twenty six, and there are always going to be people. Especially, I feel like when you're in your twenties, we're like, I'm going to move to the city, and like, let's do it together. I would always advise for cool. Like, I'm going to kind of take the space to do my thing, and I'm happy to support you on your path to like moving into the city yeah. or wherever you want to go. But you should seek out your own like lodging and accommodation because that way it, it means that your happiness and that person's like place to live does not all reside with you. Like the responsibility is not all with you, but even beyond all of that. And as someone who very recently is I'm still kind of dealing with this, but it hasn't been dealt with at all. What am I talking about? I'm like not ready to deal with it, but I had a, something happened with a friend recently. A friend like really disappointed me. Was it me? No, oh, okay. no, <laughs> no, but it's just like someone who is like very, I mean, it obviously is upsetting to you because like you do really love and care about this person. So when someone disappoints you, you, you don't want to make it all about you and you want to be supportive of them, but you also are like, this really hurt me. And so girl, I'm just going to say, you need to talk to your friend about it. Even if it's just, you know, saying, look, I love you. I'm happy that you're going to be a traveling nurse, which is apparently a dope gig, by the way. I know some women who, like, love it. Um, But I think you just – if this person is important to you and it sounds like she is and you want to maintain a friendship with her kind of as things go on and you're, you know, not in college anymore, just, you know, set up an appointment to talk on the phone. Each, like, grab a couple glasses of wine and just tell her how you feel. Be honest. Be vulnerable. That's my thought. My only caveat there is that this girl already doesn't, in my mind, she doesn't seem to realize that, again, when I say you don't have anyone to be mad at but yourself, what I mean by that is, like, these are the painful lessons you learn in your early 20s, especially post-college where you're, like, renting your first apartment and getting settled into your new career in the new city you moved to or whatever. I just feel like you put a lot of eggs in this basket that is this girl and you need to when you're having this conversation I think it's totally okay and way better than being passive aggressive 
or making this girl feel like shit because honestly, that weighs on a friendship more than anything is passive aggression. And it's like, it's just in in life. I've talked about this a lot recently. One of my biggest pet peeves is because it's just, it's really just laziness and cowardice and like trying to get another person to guess um, why, why you're, you're angry. Mad. Yeah, yep, that's exactly right. Um, but that said, um, I think that you can say to her like, look, I'm disappointed because I feel like you hyped up the idea of you moving here. I need to own the fact that I jumped the gun a little bit and that I, you know, gave up my apartment and, you know, I I don't blame you. Like being a traveling nurse sounds fucking dope. Uh, I If I had that option, I would take it too. But I just need you to know that right now I'm in a precarious situation and it was because I kind of misjudged how serious you were about moving here or you weren't maybe she wasn't we don't know the details like maybe her friend was not clear with her or like bailed right after she gave notice like that well it but especially like, was there wasn't any like money exchanged i don't know i feel like until there's like you put a you know venmo it or paypal it like it's not real i mean didn't she say that she her friend was going to come down to the city that she's living in and go look at apartments with oh, her yeah, yeah, but yeah. then she she decided not to because she's going to be a traveling nurse yeah there just could be details about it that we're not privy to so i mean that that's fair though i i just don't know just make sure that like when you are if when you speak to her about this cuz i agree with stacy 100% you got to just like say it with friends and like in my really good friendships like our best benefit is that I'll just be like hey like that was I didn't like that or whatever yeah I love you but like it has hurt me or, yeah like this is how it affected me and like can we talk about it or I love you and this hurt me to- exactly. you know what I mean it's the but can, that can get people in a lot of trouble I love you but no it's I love you and it hurt me and those are t- they're not mutually ex- exclusive statements um and just you know don't just make sure that you own your part of it consistently across the board because it seems it sounded to me Like you were putting this a lot on your friend when a lot of it were decisions you made when you weren't even really sure if you wanted to do it in the first place. And that's something that maybe you think about or talk about in therapy, why you would do something like that. And I think you should probably be in therapy at like this juncture in your life where things are changing a lot. And it sounds like you're someone who almost has like Al-Anon-y issues or something like what? I say that all the time to people. I'm like, well, you just gave up your apartment. Like go to Al-Anon. Like that's I really do. I So I would if I were you, I would just maybe look into that a little bit about why you felt that like giving up your environment when you didn't even really want to do it was an option. Yeah. Put, I mean, I think again, you will have your own like thoughts on this as time goes by and later. And it honestly, it probably won't even end up being that big of a deal, even in like a year, like not that you won't remember it, but it won't have as much like impact as it does right now. But I mean, to me, this screams like, you always want to put yourself first. It's not you being selfish. It's you looking out for your best interests at a time when you need to like set those kinds of habits. And also that is what everyone else does. And I think that people who are like kind of like bleeding hearts or have Al-Anon issues or whatever, that they are people pleasers by nature. And you forget that everyone else around you is doing whatever the fuck they want and they're not thinking about how it affects you. So when you're putting your time and energy into like making sure that everyone else is okay and not making sure that you're okay, you're the only one who's suffering. You're the only one whose needs aren't being met. And that sucks. It's unfair. Yeah, you just have to put yourself first. And it'd be different if you guys (sighs) had agreed to move down there together or something. You didn't, you know. And I also think too like – 
we've all known people like this, people who move out and they're like, I only want to move out if you're going to be there or, yeah. you know, it's like you kind of you kind of move to the city to like or move to any new place to like figure things out on your own time and in your own path. Like, yeah. I encourage you to like do that and remember that and maybe you'll find like it's only going to put you in a better place because you're going to find a new apartment. Maybe you like it more. You will have more, you know, kind of understanding and self-awareness about yourself and like what you need. But like think about what you want and make it real. Yes. Okay, next call. Hi, Malls. I just tried to leave a message and it cut me off. So I'm going to try and keep this brief. Um, My name is Julie. I'm 29. I live in Chicago. And I have – I need some advice on my relationship with my mom. Uh, My parents got divorced when I was 21. They both moved on and started dating new people. It's been really hard for me to deal with or accept my mom dating new men. And I want every happiness in the world for her. I really love her. But these men that she chooses to date, I just can't really connect with. We meet them. My brother and I meet them in awkward circumstances. And because my mom lives in Kentucky and I live in Chicago, I don't have a lot of time to spend with her. And it's been kind of challenging to have that time also be taken up by this, basically a stranger to me. So um, my birthday is on the 4th of July. I'm turning 30. I'm going out to a family house in Colorado with my boyfriend and my two best friends, and I invited my mom to come with me. She said that she wants to drive out there from Kentucky and have her new boyfriend, who I haven't met yet, um, accompany her on the drive. And because I've met her past boyfriends and kind of like family party situations or high pressure situations. Her ex-boyfriend I met at my grandfather's funeral and we didn't have a super great relationship. I I didn't feel comfortable with that. And I told her that and she seemed to be okay with it. We dropped it. I was home for mother's day. I was in Kentucky and I picked her up to have dinner and we started talking about my birthday again. And I tried to explain to her very calmly and not emotionally, but just say it's still hard for me to see you dating new people and I um, just don't feel comfortable with this new guy coming out to my my birthday trip. And I don't want to be a birthday diva. It's not because it's like, it's my party. It's mostly just because if this guy is special to you, I don't want to meet him for the first time in a situation where I just want to, like, let loose and have fun and, like, maybe drink a little too much with my best friends and my boyfriend and just don't, like, live my life. And she told me that she understands my feelings, but she might not be able to honor them. And I was just floored when I heard this. That's not at all the kind of relationship my mom and I normally have. We're really unconditionally loving and emotionally supportive of one another. So to hear her say that was really hard. And we were on our way to have dinner for Mother's Day. So I wasn't about to pick a fight. I just kind of let it go. But I I still don't know what to do here. I'm having trouble understanding how to re-approach the situation and tell her these aren't just emotions I'm having. These are boundaries I want you to respect. So please advise, how do I have this difficult conversation with my mother who I love very much and who I want to be happy, but I'm just having a little bit of a speed bump here in our relationship. Um, Looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Thanks. Julie, I'm going to try not to come in too hot on you, but like I have to tell you, I broke a sweat during this call because I'm so (laughs) angry. Um, Your mom has terrible dating hygiene and is probably a narcissist. And the thing is, is that you're her child and who is sticking his dick in his in your mom's vagina is none of your fucking business. And there's plenty of reasons why you might not want to know about her dating life or need to meet these men. My mom was single my whole life. Um, she got married when I was 20 years old. But there was some tumultuous times in terms of meeting these men that, first of all, 
as a kid of a parent, you're always going to know when someone has good intentions or bad intentions for your parent. And I'm assuming the things that you've picked up on in the past are that your mom is a little bit naive. She's a little bit inappropriate. She's a little bit tacky and she exercises poor judgment. So when you're meeting these guys she's dating, you're like, well, you know, if you're just a guy who thinks it's appropriate to meet me at some sort of family function, as opposed to like, you know, you guys are really in this together and I would like you to meet my boyfriend. So we're going to go to a dinner together or something like that. It's because it's because it's not it's not real. And I got to a point when I think I was probably 15 when I said to my mom, like, I don't want to meet any more guys you're dating until you feel like you want to marry them. And I said, that's when I will meet and or spend time with a guy that you're dating because it's just not fair to you. And for your mom to say that, like, she understands your emotions, but she's not going to necessarily honor them is, first of all, just a huge sign that your mom's head is screwed on the wrong direction. Like, it's just it's unbelievable to think that a mom would put her dating life above the feelings of her own daughter. Um, and not even just the feelings, the boundaries and not recognize that you're trying to set a boundary. What do you think stays? I know everyone at this table is a little, by the way, Christina's birthday is the 4th of July. I know everyone's at this table is like a little bit worked up right now. Yeah. Oh my God. I have so much to say about this. First of all, Julie, um, how, Happy almost birthday. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to borrow from Alanis here to say, Mom, you're uninvited. Like, yeah. your mom is uninvited to your birthday party. And I know that, that could be a bit of a bummer. But if she can't respect your boundaries, which you, I think, are very clear on what you need and want and expect from her. And it sounds like have been pretty clear in communicating that to her. Um, that you should just ask her to not come because it is your party. Yeah. And you should be able to do what you want. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if she can't honor your wishes to like come to your birthday solo, then she just doesn't she just doesn't deserve to be there. I don't care if she's your mom or not. You seem a little pussy whipped by your mom. Like, not gonna lie. Like you seem a little like I mean, like, but I'm still going to have her come and be like, if your mom is just going to show up to your birthday with a random man, one, why isn't it enough for her to spend time with her daughter and her boyfriend and your friends? That should be enough for her. She can spend a weekend without her boyfriend. Two, who she sees all the time. Who and she, she sees never sees you. Secondly, like, what if this guy is a dud and you don't like him? Do you want this, like, fucking sack of potatoes that's rotting in the middle of your living room at your birthday party? Probably not. Like, I'm guessing no. So, like, why would you even risk that? I don't know. Your your mom is now taking your birthday party that you have planned for yourself, which is, again, and, and it's not a diva thing at all. She's taking this special trip. Forget the birthday. Let's just say this was a special trip. She's taking a special trip that you have planned to spend time with your boyfriend and your friends. You're treating yourself. You're almost 30 fucking goddamn years old. You're not uh, You're not 18. And she's turning this into a road trip extravaganza with her boyfriend. Right. Fuck that. And you're probably going to have some tension with her for a while because, like, you know, it sounds like your mom is a very selfish person, unfortunately. I'm going to jog back on that a little bit. My parents are not divorced. um, But most of my friends whose parents are divorced got divorced after they left to go to college. Like, literally within the first year. I mean, almost universally. Yeah. My friends whose parents are divorced got divorced after they left. Um, Sometimes oldest child, sometimes youngest. But regardless. So I would also say, you know, this may be – I mean, it sounds like your parents divorced eight years ago. If you're 29 now, you were 21. 
But this also may be the first time in your mom's life as an adult where she can be as selfish as she wants. It's I don't know if you have other siblings who still live at home. Um, you know, sounds like your mom has some stuff to work out. Divorce is messy and not fun and depressing and right. tough. And I feel like you're kind of, you know, like literally extracting yourself from this like huge part of your identity where you're like seen as a unit or as a mom or as a wife. Yeah. And now your mom is like embarking upon this <clears throat> journey, however successful you may view that as being or how successful she <clears throat> views it as being as like her own person separate from any of that. So maybe yeah. she gets to act irresponsible or whatever the case might be. I don't want to excuse any bad behavior. I also don't know what kind of relationship you have with her. Do you talk to her every day? Do you talk to her every couple of weeks? Do you guys text? Like, my sister talks to my mom pretty much every day. I do not. And I love my mom. We just don't have that kind of relationship. So again, there's details that I'm not privy to here. But I would be shocked if her mom had this huge regression, though. Like, to me, the behavior in her relationships right now is symptomatic of a person that she's always been. I don't think a person that was in a bad marriage and now is dating necessarily becomes a, a, a person that is displaying really, honestly, selfish, self-involved behavior. Right. But I also think it's like, take a look at, like, you said point blank at the beginning of the call that you have had trouble with the guys or, like, with your mom dating. And I don't know if that's because, like, do you like the women your dad has dated? Like, is this about the the person that your mom becomes when she's around these guys? Is it, be- yeah. is it because there are things about her that you're like, I didn't know this about you and I don't like this part of you and I didn't ever – I mean, really, for the first time, maybe you're seeing your mom as a person. There's always that moment in your life when you're like, my parent isn't just my parent. They're an adult with their own problems right. and their own issues. You see them a little more like peer to peer, you know? So yes. I think it sounds like you need to set your boundaries with your mom. Sit down and be like, here are my rules. I'm happy to meet the men that you date, but I would like to have some agency in like the terms under which that happens. Like not sit down for Christmas dinner or, you know, I don't know. I don't, maybe you're Jewish, I don't, whatever. Whatever. You know, like Passover, I whatever it, the case I, might be. <laughs> but I also think your mom, Nick, needs to cop to it and if she won't you're gonna have to be you're gonna have to be the grown-up and there's also like i will say with parents and dating and kids there is an appropriate kind of order of operations and i will say that it's like your mom gets with a guy she decides he's serious he's long-term material that's when he meets her kids who live in across the country from her and they spend they rarely spend time together that's when he meets the kids then, like, if that doesn't work, and and then when in the environment in which you meet is not a family reunion or Passover or Christmas or whatever, right. it's a sit down dinner and in public at a restaurant in a neutral space where you can get to know this person and see the connection that your mom has with them. But for your mom to think that it's appropriate to just show up with some guy she's boning isn't. It's just <sighs> sorry, like. I don't know. I feel obviously I think that people when they go through a divorce, they've been married for, you know, 20 something years. It's a little bit of a culture shock, but it seems like her mom is eased into the dating thing pretty easily. And so and over a period of I mean, it's like almost 10 years ago now. Yeah. Right. So she's had time. But I would say in 10 years, there's probably been two guys that I've introduced my mom to. And that's in the vice versa situation, like where it's like. Think about, you know, do you, have you introduced your mom to every guy that you've gone out on, like, seven dates with? Have you, you know, how many flings has your mom had? Like, how many men have you met? It's, it seems like this comes up enough 
that it really stands out to you as an issue. If this was even just the third time this has happened, I would be like, okay, that's that's reasonable. Maybe this mom just has like, again, poor dating hygiene or maybe she, you know, is overshooting the length of the relationship or whatever. I just, uh, I, Julia, please call us and let us know how this works out for you. I do think that this could be, there could be a period of time just because of the kind of character you painted for your mom, which I don't know if you, you know, were necessarily realizing what you were saying, but it, it did jump out to me that, you know, she maybe is someone who's a little bit more self-involved than she sh- should be for a person who's a mother. And I think that uh, there could be a period of time where you, you get punished for this. Like she's not going to speak to you for a while. And I think that the important thing for you to do is to just keep in mind that that's okay because that's her shit to work on. And if she can't listen to her kids say like, that hurts my feelings when you do that and it puts me in a bad position and it makes me feel like this special thing. Like the fact that you even said like, oh, I'm not a, it's my birthday girl. No question. It doesn't matter. No, there was Even no- if it wasn't your birthday. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't, I don't know, dude. I, I, there's a chance your mom could punish you and you need to live, you're going to need to live through that. But, but I think ultimately your mom also sounds like a person who needs people and she will miss you and realize she fucked up. And, you know, you can keep saying to her like that. Okay, great. You're welcome back into my life, but I would like to keep the boundary the same. Please only introduce me to someone if you're very serious about them, as in like you might marry them. That's where you're – that's where you think it's heading. And if – when I do meet this person, I would like to meet them in an appropriate way. Yeah, just because your mom is your mom doesn't give her license to do whatever she wants here. And remember that, you know – Dude, that I might beat your mom up. That might have been like when you're you were a kid and your mom or your dad was like, "Well, you're going to do it because I told you to." It's like yeah. those rules do not apply anymore. I would say I don't know if you did she say she has siblings? Do you have siblings? Julie? It does sound like she has siblings. She has siblings, you know, talk, I don't know how close you are with them, but like, you know, whatever your relationship with your mom might be, like reach out to the people who love you and who do respect your boundaries and make you feel good about yourself. Like let them know what's going on and like talk to your mom and if there is fallout, like surround yourself with those people because and also, you're going to do what I say applies to eating vegetables, joining the soccer team. Drinking milk. You know, yeah. yeah it applies to, you know, even uh, applying to certain colleges. But what it does not – but your mom's personal dating life is not, I'm going to tell you how it is. She should know that. And if she doesn't know that, your mom is a person who probably needs to spend some time in therapy. She's a person that I, – I just – I'm I'm upset about this because it's so personal to me and I – have dealt with this my entire life. Um, and I continue to deal with it as my mom is, you know, got married for the first time when I was 20 and um, almost the opposite situation to you. Got And now she's going through a divorce and it's just, it's fucking painful. And I have had to say to her most more recently because my mom and I have always spoken to each other since I've been, you know, in my late teens, she and I have spoken to each other as peers almost. And if anything, I'm usually giving her advice. Um, I did have to say to her, like, I started to get upset on the phone the other day because I think as when when you're a child of someone, when they get upset, your natural reaction is to want to fix it. You never want to make your mom mad. You never want to make your mom and dad mad. You want to be like, oh, okay, okay, what can I do to what can I do to make it better? And I started to get really upset and I started to cry on the phone and I just was like, mom, 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 like, please, like, 
I can't, I have to, I'm still working today and I'm upset. And like, you know, this, this is something that maybe you should tell a friend or maybe you should tell your therapist. And I'm sure you tell your friend and your therapist, but like some of these things you're saying are not for me. They're not for my ears. I'm your kid. And like, it just like, there's no reason why I should get off a call about your relationship crying and upset myself. You know, it's, it's messy. And I just, Girl, call us back, 323-450-7408. Christina, you have a 4th of July birthday, too. So what's, like, your perspective on this? <laughs> I do. Um, I think there's a little more weight behind this because it's her 30th birthday. Yes. So I think, hey, happy 30th. I did mine last year. I went to Medieval Times, and I had so much fun because I finally did something that I wanted to do on my birthday. Yes. And, like, not do something at a bar where I feel guilty because I can't talk to everybody at the same time. And, like... I didn't have that pressure and I just like lived it up and enjoyed it and it was awesome. But uh, the one thing I will say is like as someone who has a birthday on a holiday, I totally understand where you're coming from. And what a lot of people tend to do is that they want to try to like spend even if you have a birthday on a holiday, they want to try to still spend and involve everyone that they love in their life. Yeah. Um with the holiday. So I've had a lot of birthdays where like people bring their boyfriends and I'm like, Oh, I kind of wanted to just be with my girls. And like, but it's a holiday. So they want to like try to spread everything out. So that's kind of frustrating to deal with. Um, the other thing is that, uh, that was <laughs> well. Your mom gave birth to you on the Fourth of July, so in this mu- in this day, it is special for her in that way too. And so it, she, I mean, I'm sure your mom enjoys Fourth of July barbecues, Christina, but she'll never forget that more importantly than the independence of our country was the birth of her beautiful <laughs> daughter, Christina. Yes, they used to tell. I wonder if you got uh, the fireworks are for you and that terrible lie. Oh <laughs> shit! That's, ter- that's like <laughs> that's cute, you know. And like- then when you're six, you realize, oh, they're not for me and my parents were lying to me and then and then you're you're completely upstaged by fireworks for the rest of your life and then you're an adult and you realize that fireworks are so fucking stupid like (laughs) i think they're so dumb and i live right next to the hollywood bowl so i see them all the fucking time I don't get why people are obsessed with fireworks. First of all, dogs ah! hate them. When I see an adult look up at the sky and like marvel at a firework, I'm like, put your fucking face back down on the ground, you idiot. (laughs) Those are for the children. Like, I don't want to see an adult amused by something blowing up in the sky. Get a life. Like, an adult watching a fireworks display gleefully is the saddest fucking thing (laughs) I've ever seen in my life. I so agree. It's like like a 12-year-old being amazed that there's a plane in the sky. You know when, like, two-year-olds are like, oh, plane. That's like a 12-year-old pointing me like, look, a plane. It's like you're 12. You haven't seen the planes in the sky your whole life? Like, it's not like you just learned the word plane? Like, are you an idiot? I don't know. And, like, how, like, it happens every year. Why are you still surprised? They haven't pulled out some new shit where there's, like, a traveling dragon in the sky (laughs) when when it explodes, like you see in the cartoons. Like, there's nothing new. It's just, like, the same, like, four or five fireworks that are going off at the same time. Like, pay attention to the person whose birthday it is, maybe. I don't know. This is getting really personal. Wow. I don't, I I never had the strong feelings about fireworks, but, like, I do. I can relate to your level of ire because I feel this way about many things. So it's, it's cool. Yeah, I feel bad because I'm actually like yelling in <laughs> Stacy's general direction. <laughs> no, I love it. I love people who have as strong of opinions as I but, do. But, you know, just great. like if you have a friend who has a holiday, has a birthday on a holiday, just please understand it's a little bit like you never really get to do what you want. It's Nothing fraud. ever works out on the day that on your actual birthday day. So just like 
be a little bit sensitive to that if you're a friend. Like, just or a mom. Know, or a mom. Just know, like, it never, you never really get the same birthday experience that everybody else does because people make plans somewhere else or they want to do something. God, imagine being born on Christmas. I know. I can't. I mean, it or sounds terrible. Day. Oh, God, forget it. Yeah. Forget so, it. Okay. It. Birthday, July 4th birthday rant. All right. Next call. Hi, Miles and Christina and guest. Um, I hope you're all doing really well. Love the pod. Anyways, um, I just wanted to call and ask about college. I know it's kind of a frequent topic. I know that you Malls feel especially grateful and you've had so many incredible moments in college. And I'm just curious um, how you transitioned from college into the real world I'm actually about to graduate and I got a really sweet job with government just for the summer it's gonna be seasonal but I mean as at least I got a job um anyways I'm just asking how how do you transition from leaving your friends school all of that the learning process and how do you continue to grow when there's not like semesters like your your time is completely warped when you're in college and so I think dealing with the real world and the real world world time can be really difficult and so I guess I was just calling to see how you dealt with all that um and I'm also curious um I know that you said you moved for your boyfriend I think to California I don't remember what time in college that happened. Maybe that happened after graduation. I'm just curious as to if you knew some warning signs before that. Um, I'm going to be moving with my boyfriend to the Southwest, and I'm from the Northwest. And so I know the culture is totally different. And I've visited once, and I didn't get the best... Um, I don't know how to say this. It is a great town that he's moving to, but I also, I just did not feel it. But I know that you do have to compromise. We've been together for a couple of years and he wound up staying one year for me and the relationship's solid, but I think the location isn't so great. It's also a temporary setting. It's going to be only two years because he's getting his master's degree. But I guess I'm also asking about that too and how that transition went as well or if there's any words of wisdom you have for me um i would greatly appreciate that um thank you so much for everything i sincerely i don't even know what to say this podcast has done so many things for me the times i want to drop out of school it made me not want to and when things got tough your words of encouragement even though they weren't directed at me they've certainly helped so thank you for everything i hope you're having an amazing spring bye sis let's get one thing straight molly magler has never moved nowhere for no man okay um i actually did the same thing you did i had a job lined up and i had a job lined up in los angeles because i knew that i wanted to work in entertainment and so my boyfriend actually was three years older than me in college. He was a junior when I was a freshman, maybe two years. He was junior when I was a freshman. And so he actually stayed around Boston because he had ne- it had never occurred to him that he might want to move somewhere else. Um, he wanted to be a writer, but he wanted to do so in Boston. So when I said I was moving to L.A. and kind of like pressured him to like really think about what the fuck he was going to do for the rest of his life – He said that he – I was the first and only person who's ever asked him that. Uh, And so he agreed to move to L.A. with me because 
I was going to go no matter what. He wanted to stay with me. Um, and so, and we broke up six months into living together because first of all, I will say just to your question about the transitional part of it, it's actually not that bad. I would say that the day I graduated and the day after were probably two of the worst days just because it was all over. It was all like the four years that I had had so much fun, made these amazing friends. I was deeply sad because it was all over. But then I quickly realized like this is the rest of my life though. And now I'm starting it and I have things to look forward to. I'm going to go to LA. Like I want to make sure all my ducks are lined up in a row. I was still writing. I was still um, making sure that I was always on top of it. I don't like the idea of you following this guy to a city that you don't already want to be in. And I also think that it is inevitable. I've told every intern I've ever had that's like, oh, I have a boyfriend or whatever. I'm like, break up with him. And and they're like, what? Because like that's not usually the advice your boss will give you. But when you're 22 years old, no matter who you're dating, you're going to break up with them, especially if you're living in a city. Like it just – marriage is less common in – in cities. It just is like people wait longer. And I think that you guys are ultimately going to break up. It seems like you already have some reservations. And even in that you brought it up, I think that that shows that there is some reservations or you see that it could be problematic. And I do want to say before you go ahead and put your name on a year-long lease that maybe you consider a month-to-month place or something like that because you do want to have an out. And you don't want to be 21 years old having to pay $1,500 to break a lease. Like that $1,500 when you're that age is such a fucking remarkable amount of money that, I mean, if you had $1,500, you probably wouldn't have student loans. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know. Stace, what do you think? So college for me was like a little bit of a different experience. I started when I was really young. I was 17 for three months when I started college and I ended up transferring after my second year at my first university to another university in the Southwest incidentally, but that's neither here nor there. Um, And then I took a year off to like party and read a ton and have fun with my friends and not have homework. And then I went to graduate school and I, I was in graduate school for basically as long as I could be in graduate school. Uh, Living up the student loan life was pretty amazing. But I was in my graduate school college town for almost four – it was four full years actually. So I don't know that I – I don't want to tell you how your relationship is going to go. I have a – I'm in agreement with with malls about like the likely trajectory and that's not to like make you upset or depress you – it's just that, like, what advice would I be giving to someone? Oh, I don't care. Your if age, right? Her. Right now, I mean, it would be like you should be out, do, like, figuring out what you want and what you like, and not compromising at this time in your life for like what what you want. Because having been in a relationship in part of graduate school and knowing people who are in marriages, even in graduate school, anybody who's in grad school will tell you this, and it is absolutely the truth. When you are in graduate school, your program is your spouse. Like, that is what you devote all of your time to. It's incredibly intense. It's super intimate. You're in school with, like, I was in school with, like, nine people who, like it or not, were, like, my family. We did all of our activities together. I was with them intensely, like, for very long periods of time. It was really stressful. It was, like, this time of huge intellectual growth for me. And you sound like you have a lot of amazing things going on for yourself. Like you have your own job, you finished your degree, and that is all amazing shit that you should own. But, 
you know, if you're going to do this and it sounds like you are, you know, chart out a course for yourself to have your own independence, make your own friends, have your own activities, pursue hobbies and things that are of interest to you, and don't put all of your eggs in your relationship basket because it will only lead to your demise. I do have to say, I think... Uh, part of me, and I'm not going to lie, and when I say I don't care if it depresses you, it's just because I'm offering you, like, tough love, dude. Like, and I know it sucks to hear, like, your relationship's probably not going to work out, but I'm going to be real with you. You just spent four years earning a degree. You are about to start the rest of your life, and to have the first thing that you do be based on a decision that has to do with a relationship really bums me out. It bums me out to think about that just because I know how that goes. And there will, you know, there could be a day that I marry some, I I marry someone and move somewhere because of him. But like, I'm also in my thirties now. And I I so enjoyed having that control and ambition in my early twenties when I chose to move out here. And I loved that when my boyfriend and I broke up, I wasn't even sad. I was like, again, I was like, yes, like this is the rest of my life. The rest of my life is about to begin. And I want you to kind of adopt that attitude if you can, because you just spent four years to earn the privilege to do this and to give that up to another person. It it could um it could lead to a lot of disappointment and a lot of regret. And I think that you, I think people in general need to do what's going, I say this all the time, need to do what's going to make them happiest in the long run. And sometimes what makes you happiest in the long run is something that hurts very badly temporarily right now. But knowing that you went and got the job you wanted or that you get to live in the city that you want. I mean, to to graduate college and compromise right away, sure, you compromise on certain things. You're not going to get the positions you want. You might not get the salary you deserve. But one thing you shouldn't compromise is your living situation, the places you go. Like, if my ex-boyfriend didn't want me to stay in Boston with him, I, I couldn't have kept that. I couldn't have done that. Or if you wanted to move to Portland, I couldn't have done that. I knew what I wanted to do, and that was come here and try and make a name for myself in the entertainment industry. And I still chase that dream, and it's fucking tough. But, like, it's something that I take great satisfaction in knowing that I did it. And you will see that people around you will respect you more. I think that that, you know, it gave a lot, especially with, like, my mom's friends and people I grew up with. It really impressed them that I did the scary thing of moving across the country by myself and like, you know, living in shitty apartments and, you know, getting out of my relationship as soon as it wasn't working for me anymore, hitting the eject button like that is you'll see the people around you will be impressed. And then you'll also see the people who took the path that you can take. um, But I hope you don't, um, which is just kind of like following along, going along with this college relationship and you know, moving to a city you're not crazy about, but it works for this reason, you'll see that those people envy your lifestyle because they didn't do it themselves. And I like to set people up for wins. And I think that you ultimately will win harder and better if you do what you want to do for yourself, not some guy. What do you think, Christina? Um, The other thing I I wanted to touch on the fact that she was talking about like leaving college and still growing as a person too – the, the one thing it took me a long time to learn is that um, you have to seek out opportunities for your own growth. They're not going to come to you. Um, they're not going to present themselves to you. You have to put in the work to getting better in all aspects of your life, whether it is professionally, personally, or any other way. That is so true. Um, 
And it took me a long time to realize. I'm like, I'm just starting to come. I was like, oh, I got to do the work. Like, I understand, like, putting in and, like, paying your dues is different than doing the work. Like, you have to actively and independently take classes on different things that might play in your field or develop different skill sets or learn different attributes. Like, you have to actively seek that out because in college it's set up where like all these classes are here for you. You just have to show up. You know what I mean? But like the real world isn't like that. You have to like put in the work to finding these things to be, to make yourself better. Yeah. So like, just know, be on the hunt for constantly improving and like put your energy towards that as well. Because these, it's not like college where it's just present, prevent, um, where it's presented to you on a platter where you can like, you know, kind of like a, a buffet of life skills. Yeah. Like that doesn't yeah. happen. It's more of like piecemeal and you have to put in the work into finding those things and making yourself better. That's exactly what I was going to say is keep working on yourself independent of your relationship. Yeah. Again, like look out for number one. I – And independent of whatever – wherever job you land at. Or where you're living even. Like, yeah. you know, per, like keep working on yourself. You just spent four years like – making a commitment to better yourself, basically, whether it was, you know, fun or shitty or hard or, you know, tumultuous or whatever the case might be. But, you know, and also just try to have a good time. I feel like such an old lady saying that, but fucking enjoy it. This is like literally some of the most fun time you can have. You're not responsible for anybody else right now but yourself. You're not married. You don't have kids. Go, like, do what you want. Pursue the things that you want to do. I'm make such mistakes. a Midwesterner. Oh my god! <laughs> you will make mistakes. <laughs> make you know? mistakes and be okay with that. Like you, that's how you learn how to do the right thing. It's. I wish I had made more mistakes in my 20s. I think I played it a little bit too safe. So definitely, you know, put yourself out there and don't, you know, be afraid to fail because then you don't grow unless you do. You got to grow, little flower. Um. All right. Thank you so much for calling. Is that our episode? You guys, that was episode 134, my fra- fa- my favorite, my favorite freeway in all of Los Angeles, the 134. I'm on it every goddamn day. It was uh, the freeway Nicole Richie drove on in the wrong direction. Dude, oh, yeah. I, it's every time I get on that exit, I'm like, lol. Like, I'm like, I can't believe that happened. Uh, and aren't didn't you just say they're going to rename it after Obama? A portion of it. They think they're trying to rename it after Obama because he went to Occidental co- College for two years. Which so. is like two miles from my house. So FYI, I'm going to be on that yeah it's wicked close because like when you get off at harvey drive it can tell you you can go this way or you can go towards eagle rock occidental um but yeah dude i'm gonna be driving on that obama freeway uh stacy jones where can people find you online um i have my social kind of on fucking lockdown but i won't lie um i have encountered some please advise fans on insta i will happily bring you into my weird solitary little world um, and the, you know, dark depression that lies underneath my fairly consistently happy exterior. Um, so Cup of Jones, it's at Cup of Jones. I'm also on Twitter, but I just really am a bystander. I'm not an upstander on Twitter. I don't make a lot of contributions. I love having a podcast because I can have people like you on who are just like people that I know are so smart and interesting, but like aren't also part of like pod scene like you're not like out there being like here's my social come listen to my podcast like blah 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 like that's it's 
Je- that's the cool part of having a podcast. You can have all types on. All types. All, all types. types. I also just want to give a quick shout. Can I get a shout out? Yes. Yeah. I want to give a shout out to Jason Shapiro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who uh, had some very exciting news this week. What was that? Uh, oh, yeah. The, the Hulu show. Oh my god! I'm I didn't know his he has a Hulu show. Uh, Hulu is optioning uh the Silver Lake. Oh, Los Feliz daycare. Los Feliz daycare. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, I'm such a shit. I didn't text him. I hadn't. Is it? Do you read the trades? How did you know that? It was um, on- a friend who works in entertainment posted it. I, no, Jason posted it on his Facebook. Yeah, oh, I, I also not a saw it on Twitter <laughs> a bunch. So. Yeah, no. So shout out to um to Jason. I you know you are an inspiration, and I'm like. That's just so exciting I love for you. Him so I just much. love like let's just lift people up. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Alex Bandoni, who is a oh. please advisor that I met hey in girl. New York. Hey girl. Um, but I just you know it was it was cool to to hang with you in New York and like I just I'm gonna say is that this the one too. that you wanted to liz out with or no? Yeah, I'll put I'll put that on record and say that. <laughs> we, I talked, did. we talked about it. I on have the, show. the voice memo. No, yeah. no, I definitely I have the voice memo. It's just to, a lot to say it into a mic. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But yeah, um I also just want to say like in my career and in like the I think a lot of the extracurricular activities that I partake in in my life, I really appreciate opportunities where when women give each other a chance to like shine and like we're not afraid to like see each other be amazing. So Dude, that's like the privilege of this whole like, like having a podcast or whatever is you can let your fucking cool friend shine. I like I love both of you women and I like really needed to be lifted up. This Girl, week, I'm so I love you. it. Like, I love you. I love you guys, Raise and it's like up. thank you for the opportunity. Always, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I love you, Stacey. I love you, Christina. Love uh, you, Malls. Everyone you. in America, I appreciate you. Wags, I'm not appreciating that. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Wags, he's so excited. Honey.